Welcome to Round Hill Radio, the podcast from Round Hill Community Church. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we're talking about when we talk about faith. Welcome to Round Hill Radio. I'm Leslie. I'm Ed. Well, good morning, Ed, on this exciting snow day. Wow, this is quite the snowstorm. Just when I thought winter was over for sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's not, it's not, it's not, apparently it's not over. Uh, But the, the teacher part of me is thrilled. I'll bet. To be here today. We're actually recording a little later because we had the time. (laughs) So, (laughs) well, I had these meetings and Zoom meetings scheduled for today. The first thing I thought was, Oh gosh, I can't cancel any of those meetings. They're just happening online anyway. <laughs> I know that's the thing. We have to sort of almost be more intentional to to really take yeah. take the snow day. Make it a um, virtual snow day. <laughs> I think so. Well, right? and they've been talking about tomorrow. We'll see. This little podcast will probably come out tomorrow, so our audience will know. But they've been talking about uh, tomorrow if there's a snow day, doing like a half day virtual at school, which oh, I think is a nice compromise because it's like get a little education, but go play in the snow and be a kid and enjoy exactly. what you would otherwise be able to enjoy. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah. School's that sounds doing good. That. So we're continuing our conversation about, about grace today. Yes. Um, and the idea of like, what is it right. actually, <laughs> which is a question that comes up fairly often you were saying. I know, you know, I, um, it's a word we hear a lot. I, I still think it's part of our language, not not as much as it used to be, but people talk about grace and mercy, people's names, you know, I know a lot of people who are who's, are named Grace. It's a lovely yeah. name. And uh, but I have had people in the congregation and in, in all my congregations over the years say, what is that thing? And so maybe this will be the, the podcast when we can help those people out and uh, maybe get a little clarity uh, for ourselves. So I was thinking about this because when you and Dan and I met back in, gosh, November and December to think about our sermon, our worship themes for January and February, we wanted to create a a whole series of of worship services based on this notion of grace and to sort of weave that like a thread. So kind of subtle, but sometimes a little more explicit. So uh, to start off with today, Leslie, I just... Uh, thought it might be helpful to lift up two different passages that have been, I think, very helpful for me over the years as I've thought about grace. And one of them comes from the Gospel of John. So we have these four artistic portraits of Jesus in the Bible. We know them as the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And John was probably written last of the four, but he has this single verse in the very first chapter where he's describing this person who's coming into the world, who's so full of light, and he describes Jesus as someone who was full of grace and truth. Mm. I love the fact that John pairs those words, grace and truth. Uh, they make me think sometimes that I have known people who were gracious, but maybe not truthful and truthful who weren't necessarily gracious. So, you know, to put the two together is the whole thing. It's, it's sort of uh, the vision of what all of us have it in us to become. People who are gracious, kind, who do, who do unexpectedly good things for other people, but we're also truth tellers. And when we see things about our lives or our world that we think should be named, that we're prepared to do that as well. 
So that links with my second short scripture passage, which is from the letter to the Ephesians. And this comes from the fourth chapter. It's the 15th verse. And the writer of this little letter says, but speaking the truth in love. That's the phrase that I really want to highlight. We must grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. So I think this person is saying, again, Jesus is the vision of what we have it in us to become. Someone who's full of grace and truth. I love that from a very practical standpoint, I love that phrase, speak the truth in love. Because let's face it, in our relationships and in our work, there always comes a time when you have to say the tough thing. And to be able to say it with love, in love, that's that's a really helpful way to get the conversation started. So I'm just going to stop there for a moment, hit the pause button and say, that's, that's my entry into the world of grace, right? That, so it's, it's a given for Jesus that he is full of grace and truth. And the expectation is that we're also to be full of grace and truth. And uh, so let's let's create a pause there and see how we're doing so far. I think it's so interesting because it sound it to me it feels like grace is such a multifaceted word mm. that there's yes. so many like you say entry points to to it. Um, and yeah, speaking the the truth in love um, is such an interesting idea that really connects with me. I'm, I'm one of those people that I, I try, I aim to, to really care about how I say things. Right. Um, you know, if I'm going to say a, a, a a piece of hopefully constructive criticism or a suggestion, (laughs) or just flat out say something isn't going right to say it in a way that at least is not a judgment filled thing. Yes. And I don't always succeed. <laughs> you can ask them, the people in my world. I try. I don't succeed all the time. Um, but that idea, I think, really connects with me because I know there's some people who just and it, it might be a cultural thing. I'm from the South. And sometimes you have almost the you go so far in the other direction. Uh-huh. And people try to speak with grace. And uh-huh. sometimes you lose the truth. Right. Yeah, <laughs> there was a hard thinking. thing in there that you were trying to say that just kind of got lost in the right. soft. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what, you, what? Well, bless your heart too. Okay, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> you know, right. it's such an interesting idea. It's funny, you made me, when we were uh, starting this episode, it made me think back to, and I had forgotten this memory, that when I was working at uh, the church in Westport, Connecticut, where I worked during graduate school, we did a series on grace. And um, I think it was either the first Sunday or the last Sunday. So I was using uh, Mark Miller, one of our favorite composers. He has a a setting of Amazing Grace with Uh a different tune. It's got a lot of energy. It's really fun. And uh, that Sunday was the day that my friend Heather gave birth to her daughter who she named Grace. Oh. And she'd been on bed rest and she had no idea the sermon series. She had no idea the anthem. Oh. And it was just one of those really cool God moments where you're like, everything's aligned today. Yes. Um, hey, which I think is so fun. That's a beautiful description of Grace. You know, I think you described it as one of those, it's a God moment. And these, I think we get the sense when we have a Grace moment like that, this is not anything we could have created. Mm-hmm. It, it came together, right? And I do think that people feel that grace is sometimes an almost 
physical power that they can feel in their lives that made something happen that they couldn't have made happen by themselves or for themselves. So, so I think that this word grace, as you say, it has so much nuance to it. But I guess if you know somebody were re- really pressing me to maybe not define it, but to describe it a little bit, I would say that at its core, it, it's it's kind of unexpected, maybe even a sense of undeserved goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not that we did anything to get it or could have done anything. It's the way that life comes back to us. And um, I'm good. I'll, I'll give an example of this that had a huge impact on my life, especially in terms of my economic well-being at one point in my life. I was a student in seminary and had very, very few resources economically. In fact, I had a beat-up car, a Volkswagen Dasher. And I remember that my, talk about grace, my mother had sent me a check to kind of help out and it was for a hundred dollars and the battery went dead in the car. And by the time it was towed and the battery was replaced and I got it back, that bill was like $99. So that was the end of that. No, that went fast. (laughs) That went really fast. And then some months later, I had a call out of the blue from my pastor at my home church in Bennington, Vermont. And he asked me if I was sitting down and I said, no, but I can. He said, well, I think you want to be sitting down for this news. Um, somebody, and I never discovered the identity of the person, offered to pay for my last year in seminary. Oh, my gosh. Completely out of the blue. As I said, never found the identity of the person. I said to my pastor, how do I even begin to thank this individual for this? And so I wrote, <laughs> I wrote these two whom it may concern letters for about a year, sort of giving this person updates about what a difference this gift had made in my life. Wow. And that was a very dramatic moment, but it was something that I could never have imagined or expected at the time. And I say not even imagined because things, <laughs> the skies felt kind of low most days, right? Yeah, yeah. As they can when you're really kind of scrapping for, you know, from, from week to week. And I think that this is just such an important quality of grace. It's this, it's the flowing of something towards us. And once it touches our lives, suddenly, you know, everything looks a little better and more beautiful and lighter. And the other side of it, I would say, Leslie, is that it's then something that seems to want to express itself then through us. So as we've been touched in that way, then we also want to reach out and uh, and touch others. And I guess one last quick story. Have you, have you heard of these sort of pay it forward stories that happen sometimes where someone goes through a drive through yeah, and yeah. says, right, I'll, I'll, I'll pay for the next person. And there was a, an incredible example of this recently. And I can't remember where it was in the United States, but I think it was at a Dairy Queen. And there was something like 60 cars in a row paid for, you know, the car behind it or however that worked. Wow. And it was just remarkable. And so those to me are experiences of grace, which we then associate that that's how God likes to operate uh, kind of unexpectedly and and in just beautifully surprising ways. Definitely. I think we have that experience so much in music making. Mm. Um, I I think, I think particularly of, 
of jazz music of improvisation mm-hmm. where there's that spark of creativity especially if you're you're improvising in a group it's it's very much you have some you have like agreed upon certain things right. and then you go and then there's there's a grace and generosity of of accepting where that one person is taking you musically and you're like okay i guess we're going over here now um <laughs> and there's also that that grace and generosity in in and spark of just some, when something magical happens yeah and yeah. you don't know necessarily where it came from but it it just happens and appears and then on sort of a more perhaps simple level I think we have these moments all the time, especially at choir, where someone will do something and it might have been a, I'm using air quotes here, a mistake. Yeah, yeah. And it it sparks an idea, either oh. in me or in someone else. Yeah. Um, and it's just so exciting in those moments. I think of um, one time we were doing, we were, we were having a conversation because we were doing Blessed Be the Tie That Binds as uh, introit. Yes. And I think Anne is a benediction, but the text for the benediction for the second verse is really quite dark. Um, mm. I think if I'm doing this off of memory, but it's like when we're called to part, it gives us inward pain. And it's oh. like, it's very melodramatic and yep. not quite the kind of like, we're leaving, we love each other, let's go. And right. so I, I think I had scheduled it and not <laughs> taken I hadn't had my hymnal next to me at the moment, which I've learned that lesson. Um, and so we we got to choir and I opened it and I went, oh no, oh no, yeah. no, 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 no. This is not going to work. There's and the choir, right. And the choir decided, well, I can't I can't remember whose idea it was, but we decided to rewrite our we wrote we wrote our own text oh, for beautiful. it. So we have the round hill second verse of Bless Be the Tie That Binds. I don't think I have it in this hymnal. Wow. But it's Talk lovely. Tradition it was evolving. Wasn't that cool? And so we just we all came together. We all, you know, and it, I think I think it's better than the original second verse. I'm biased. It's very subjective, but I'm just so proud of them. And, and just there, that's just the very much the attitude I think you have to have when you come into a creative space collaboratively is like, well, that doesn't quite work, but let's figure out something and do it together. And kind of that space and generosity of just goodwill and like, we're going to make it work because we're in it together. Um, That stuff happens kind of all the time in really subtle ways yeah. In music too, like you can think about, you know, I've been obviously collaborating with our soloist one-on-one for yeah. like a year now. Months, yeah. Months. And, you know, there's times where I'll misread something or they'll not see something and you just roll with it, right? You're like, oh, I guess we're skipping that beat and you just kind of keep going. And, oh, well, that wasn't the original word, but the choir isn't singing it and the congregation isn't singing it. Did it fundamentally change the meaning? No. Then we shall keep going, you know? Right. And this idea that, you know, it's, we we have each other and we give each other that grace to be perfectly imperfect. Um, yes. Because we're all trying, we're all trying our best here in, in the really global pandemic. Under, right. Under unusual circumstances. Yeah, for sure. And even under normal circumstances, I think we can all, we can take each other's ourselves especially as musicians take ourselves really seriously and striving for quality can sometimes um, 
you know, it's like, it's letting the, the idea of perfect get in the way of good or great. Um, and I'm aiming, I aim for great. Uh, and I know that perfect is not really, I don't think it's worth sacrificing what you need to sacrifice to get to perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of where I've landed. Great can be pretty darn good. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And some days that's fine too. (laughs) Well, in, in, you know, in your comments, Leslie, there is so much nuance about grace uh, that it can come from, you know, a mistake or something that we might initially perceive as a failure. It's a, it can be a community event where people suddenly rally around something that needs to happen. It can be a creative event. But I guess in all of this, there's the notion that we're, we're letting ourselves be vulnerable enough to let this inner creative power kind of have its way with us. And I've become really fond of this phrase, um, you know, let's follow the spirit wherever it may lead. Mm. And I get the sense that this was, you know, I look back at the stories that we have about Jesus, that this seems to be kind of what he was doing with his his life, right? He moved from village to village and there was a kind of a haphazard quality about it. Um, and I really, I really like this. I think it's much more to do with improvisation and it's good to plan because sometimes it's it's because we've planned that we can then deviate from the plan, but we have something to start with, right? I mean, I think that's the uh, the point. And I was mentioning to you that I've really been enjoying this book by a man named Mark Riddell. Uh, he's a New Zealand, uh, an author from New Zealand. He's written a beautiful little book called Sacred Journey. And he describes a time in his life when he was hitchhiking, and this was in days of yore when hitchhiking was something that people did safely. And uh, he just got to a point in the journey where it seemed like nobody wanted to pick him up. So he just sat down, he was in a rural area, just sat down, pulled out his guitar, which he had with him and started playing along. And pretty soon this tractor comes along with a Maori farmer. And uh, this gentleman uh, pulls up, stops his tractor, produces a paper bag, And I'm quoting Mark Riddell now. He says, this man said, uh, well, the missus and I saw you from our from the farmhouse. And, you know, you looked a little lonely out here. So we prepared some breakfast for you. So this beautiful gift of food, right, come from nowhere. And then he said, one of my friends, uh, he's another farmer. He's going to be coming along here in about a half an hour with his car. He'll take you the next part of your journey. And Mark said that he remembered that his entire life. And it made him want to reach out to others in the same way. And uh, <clears throat> I, am, I am just struck by the, the stories that people tell if we give one another the space to tell stories of grace about these moments in our lives. And they sometimes are just moments, just fleeting moments that have this really great staying power. You know, and and we keep going back to them and talking about them. And I think that this is another quality of grace. It's not like it has to happen all the time, um, although maybe every breath, right, is a kind of moment of grace. Mm. But but these special moments, they really carry us for a long, a long way. I think you're absolutely right. So thank you so much for chatting with me about grace today. I think we could do, I mean, we could do a year of grace. <laughs> There's sure so could. much to talk Let's about. Keep it going. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Do you have a closing thought for the day for us today? I have a line that I love very much uh, from one of Toni Morrison's novels called Beloved. And one of the characters in the book is talking to a people, uh, to, to a group of people who are really downtrodden. And she says that the only grace you can have is the grace that you can imagine. 
And I've always thought about that because it's it's that we can also, moments of grace can come unexpectedly, maybe in unimaginable ways, but also we can also imagine wonderful moments of grace that can come our way and, and good things. And I think especially we need to do that during the pandemic and especially on a day when we're getting like 20 inches of snow. So let's let's imagine gracious days ahead. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you, Leslie. Blessings to all. Thanks for listening. Round Hill Radio is brought to you by the friends and members of Round Hill Community Church. For more information, please visit roundhillcommunitychurch.org.